The Pinball Network is online. Launching. Just another pinball podcast. Hello, everyone. This is Joel Engelberth with Just Another Pinball Podcast, episode 11. Episode 11. Um, can't believe we're in double digits and we're just trucking right along here. Um, once again, going to go with the new format where I've just been kind of taking notes throughout the uh, week. And once I feel like I have enough content to warrant, you know, a discussion or a podcast, let's sit down and record it. So um, by all means, if, if you guys have anything you guys would like me to discuss or anything, even if it's topical or whatever, that you want my opinion on, uh, feel free to email me at justanotherpinball at gmail.com. Uh, I've responded to every email I've gotten, and it's it's been cool having some uh, side conversations um, in the background, and then to bring some of those into the podcast to share with other people, I'm, I'm all for it. So feel free to reach out to me either there or on Facebook or on Pinside. On Pinside, I'm Joel Bob, J-O-E-L-B-O-B. Um, so yeah, so let's dive right into um, some of those discussions there. First off, I know I had mentioned in my last um, I had mentioned in my last podcast about what's the best number of machines to own or what's the appropriate number or like what where where's that sweet spot? And I actually got some really good um, responses. Uh, Matthew Pilla said six to eight. Joseph Barlow says uh, three to four. Uh, Parnell said uh, four to five. And he actually sent me a good email explaining why. And this is. Um, this is the first that he had reached out to me. It actually listened to my last two emails. And this is Parnell with the Flipping and Mashing podcast. So he had reached out to me and he said, about collection size, this is an interesting question as I think it changes and depends as people grow, spend more time, or get tired of the hobby. When I first got into pinball, I had one game and played it a lot. Scooped up my second game within three months of buying the first and probably had the most fun with just two games. Once my collection became large, which he had like 10 to 14, I kind of stopped playing games. I kept buying the games I really wanted and would play them for a while at first. Then with life and other things, barely play pinball now. I keep reminiscing about the days of a smaller collection and playing more. And sometimes I feel like I should sell off some of my games, but I don't think I can get rid of what I've built up. I also had the idea of buying one new game a year or quarter and then selling that to keep a new game rotating. But then I kept Ghostbusters and that plan went out the window. I think a four to five game collection is a nice sweet spot. I like having at least one game from each era, EM, Solid State, 90s, DMD, and new. It keeps the lineup so different so you can play others while not getting bored of one particular one. You could still sell and trade off one if you want. It is hard when you get attached to a game though. I routed for a while and any game I picked up because I was cheap, it was cheap or bought for a route or project was easy to sell as I was not attached. However, when I brought one of my top games home, it seems I couldn't let it go. So that was kind of exactly what I was thinking was I, I know there are people in this hobby that have large collections and I, I would consider, I don't know, uh, and maybe my definition of large is different than others, but like over 10 that have large collections. And that's where I'm kind of wondering, you know, do you get to a point where you have too many that, that you start like ignoring some of the old ones? Um, or you, you're, you may turn it on just for the light show, but you haven't played it in weeks or months. And, you know, it sounds like a good problem to have, but I know as people say in this hobby, you either run out of money or you run out of space. And, um, there are plenty of people that have probably run out of space in this hobby. And now it's, they understand if they want to buy something new or if they have a grail pin that shows up, well, they have to get rid of something else or they're at the point where, Hey, I can only have eight machines. So, 
if I get one, I want to have the LE. I want to have the top of the line because I know I can't just continue to add here. So they want quality and more than quantity, if that if that makes sense. Um, but I do know, I mean, it's hard. It's hard only having one, and and I that sounds really like ungrateful. But it's just um, it's the same concept if you bought a new you know Xbox. Uh, like when the new Xbox and the new PlayStation comes out, if you only get one game, you're going to play it until you beat it. And then you're probably going to go back to your old system until you buy new games. And that's just, that's just how it is. I mean, it's nice to have options. And so that to me, I know in my mind, I would love to have three to five games and I currently have two and I'm borrowing a third and it really is a nice um, variety because I could really dive in and play two games, you know, a bunch one night and then come back downstairs the next day and be able to jump into my th the third game, the one I hadn't touched, you know, in 48 hours. And I like that. I, I like that option a lot. So just curious there what other people think. And I'd love to hear from, you know, if, if there is a large collector out there that has 15 games or more or even 10, I don't, I don't really care, but you know, when you have a large collection, um, like even Zach, Zach Mini, I know he's constantly getting in new games. He has his own games. So I'm just curious when he's got an hour to kill and he wants to go play some pinball, I wonder, you know, is he spending that time only on the new machines or is he, you know, does he spend time with each of those? I remember one of the emails, the guy basically said that the way that he looks at playing pinball is he kind of gets obsessed with one machine and he'll play only that machine for like a week or two straight until he's kind of burnt out on it. And then he'll pick another machine. So like when he goes to play pinball, it's not that he's jumping around between his collection. He's really just focusing on one day after day after day after day until he's sick of it. But even when he's sick of it, he's like, I, I, I can't get rid of it. I don't want to get rid of it. You know, it's kind of like collecting art. Um, and he'll come back to it down the road um, because it's been, you know, a few months or whatever since he was all about it. So that's an interesting way um, to, to play it. And uh, I know I kind of do something similar when I stream because I might stream a game where I'll play it for three hours straight. Well, there's it's probably not I'm probably not going to hop on and play that machine the very next day. I may give it a few days before I come back to it. Um, so. I don't know. It, it's an interesting question, and I'd, I'd love to hear from a bigger collector to hear what his thoughts are. Um, so thank you. Thank you for the for the email responses there. I really appreciate that. Um, speaking of responses, this week in Pinball has the Pinball Promoters database, and um, I was happy to report last week in the week prior I was in the top 10. And I am unfortunately no longer in the top 10, but it's okay. Um, there are just some very big fish that... Um, I know started pushing for more reviews, kind of like I am, and I'm not trying to sound pushy, but um, all of a sudden, it, and it doesn't surprise me, but some of the bigger channels got a lot of reviews, and um, they shot up, and I know like Marco, Marco Specialties just hopped in there, so it doesn't bother me. I mean, the top 10 are all very big, very successful, great podcasts or streams, so good for them. Um, but I would say, you know, if anybody if anybody would like to, I'd, I'd love to continue to stay up there in the top you know, 10 would be great, but even in the top 20. So I'm 11th right now. I only have 13 reviews and I appreciate those. So I actually got one more last week and it was from Grant. And he, he said, a must listen. This podcast presents a realistic approach. Joel covers a broad, band of or broad range of topics and delivery comes across like talking to an old friend. Joel is passionate about his pinball and family. And I look forward to each episode with anticipation. Keep it up, Joel. I really appreciate that review, Grant. That's the one thing that I'm hoping for. I do know that there are podcasts, because I listen to a lot of them, 
And there are definitely podcasts that if two or three, four podcasts all drop on the same day and I get on there, there, there are definitely ones that I jump to. And that was, that's kind of been, you know, my goal. I hope for somebody out there when they see, you know, just another pinball podcast pop up in their queue that they're excited and that's something that they want to hop on. So, you know, I'm enjoying this. I'm enjoying this a lot, but I've said it before. Podcasting is weird. You're kind of just sitting in front of your computer talking to yourself. And uh, it's awesome to get that type of feedback, whether it's emails, reviews, people hit you up on Facebook or Pinside. And then, or even what's been cool is I stream. I stream every Wednesday night from 10 to midnight or 10 to 1. This is Eastern Standard Time under uh, just another pinball stream. And people hop into the stream and bring up things that they heard in the podcast. So it's it's just cool that I feel like we're kind of having a conversation there and just kind of sharing this hobby with each other, which is awesome. So one thing, the first topic I'd kind of like to talk about tonight is... um. I know Zach had mentioned on uh, the pinball show that Turtles is trending down. And what it, what he means is people are, some of the LE buyers out there and some of the original buyers are selling their Turtles. And the question's why. And um, a lot of them list it as it's too hard. It's too hard of a game. And so pinball difficulty is something that I, I find very interesting. Because what I have found is I actually gravitate more towards harder games. I gravitate more towards faster ball times um, because I know I would say the two easiest games I've ever owned would be NBA Fast Break was probably one of them. And um, I don't I don't know. Well, let's just focus on NBA Fast Break. The, the, what I had, the issue that I had is once I really started playing NBA Fast Break and got good at it and I found the shots, I found that I could get to, like, if I stream that game, so if I played that game for maybe two, three hours straight, I could actually get to the final wizard mode and beat it, like, two or three times on stream. And it's fun. Don't get me wrong. It is a fun game, and I enjoyed that game. And if I had a large collection, I'd probably keep that game because it, it makes you, I'd keep that game because it makes you feel like you're really good at pinball. But um, at the same time, if I knew I could beat it almost every single time I played. I just didn't really have this huge incentive to come back to it. And um, when you compare that to like TNA, where the idea of me ever beating all nine reactors just seems ridiculous, there's still that little bit of hope. There's still that chance of like, this could be it. This could be the day that I get to reactor seven, or this is the day that I could get to reactor. Like every time you do it, you're getting better at it. And there's short ball times and it'll kick your butt. But then every once in a while you have that good game. And that's what I personally find myself drawn to. And so it surprised me if people are selling turtles because they think it's difficult. I've had a lot of people ask me that on stream, you know, what's your view of this game? Do you find this difficult? And what I will say is when I first started playing it, yeah, I thought, I thought the game was very hard. Um, it is interesting. The left out lane, there is no way you can adjust it. You're kind of just stuck with it unless you do. There's some certain mods where you could put in a bigger rubber or there's like a, there's this post that's actually two posts right next to each other. So you could do that to help close that gap. There are things or kind of bigger edits or mods that you could do to your game to, to, to make it easier, but that you really don't have a ton of options. And so if that's the problem that there are pinball buyers out there that, feel like they just can't get into the game or they can't see much of the game, then I could see that. I could see why that's frustrating. But I would never sell a game due to that unless I felt the game was unfair. 
Now, if I feel like it was legitimately designed in a way that I can't get past it, then that would be one thing. Um, Stranger Things was another thing when I first got that game, which I'm borrowing currently from Zach at Flipping Out Pinball. Um, that game, the first few days I had it, I was like, this game is brutal. Like, uh, like I didn't, almost didn't even enjoy playing it. And it wasn't until one, you stop shooting for the Demogorgon. And then two, once you start finding your shots, once you actually start finding those shots, then you can actually start getting into that game and start having deep games and realize, hey, if that goes towards the sling, you need to nudge it and keep it away from those slings. Do not even trust that it's going to go in the end lane because there's a chance it's going to bounce towards the out lane. And it just, what it taught me is I had to change how I was playing the game. I had to, I had to get up, become a better player. I, I had to learn that game. And now, yeah, definitely. I don't feel that game's unfair. I feel that game's actually a lot of fun and it's a good mix of brutal yet I can have some longer playing games. And, um, that's, that's the type of game that would keep drawing me back, um, or keep bringing me back in for more. So as a, as a collector, let's say I would, I, I typically would only want to have games that actually continue to dangle that carrot out there of, here, there's a lot more you haven't seen, so get better, get good, you know, and, and keep playing this game so that you can explore this. Because if I bought a brand new game in box and all of a sudden I had seen everything that I could see in it within a month, it would be hard for me to want to keep it. It would be hard for me to, yeah, keep that thing around knowing that um, I'd seen everything. Um, unless I just had money or unless I just had space. So I personally am really happy with the difficulty level of Turtles. Um, I haven't had it that long, but I've, I have seen personally, I've gotten better and better at it every single time I play and I'm seeing more and more. At first I thought, you know, my goal was to get to four completed episodes, which is the team up mode. And at first I was like, this is almost impossible to do with one ball, with one player. And so initially I was playing like four player co-op all by myself. And that was the goal. And now I've gotten to the point where like, I can do that. I can do that just with a single player game. So the next goal is, well, can I actually get to final battle with single player game? And it's going to take time. And there's a lot of shots for me to get better at, but yeah, I mean, I, I do think this is a game that I could get better at. So pinball difficulty is definitely an interesting thing to me. It's an interesting thought. And there's plenty of games out there that I know if I'd have it in my collection within a month, I'd probably beat all of it. And Munsters is a perfect example. A lot of people complained that Munsters was almost too easy and the code was too shallow. So a lot of people were, were selling games because of that. So it's kind of a, well, what do you want? You know, is there a happy medium that we just haven't found yet? Or to me, give me these more challenging, longer, you know, deeper coded games because it gives us all a chance to, you know, it takes time to really explore them. Um, in the video game industry, people complain about those, that there's video games that it's like, well, it only took me nine hours to beat the game. You know, I'm expecting a 60 plus hour game time. Um, otherwise, I feel like I'm gypped out of my money. You know, I, I, I don't know. It's an interesting conversation. So feel free, once again, just another pinball at gmail.com or Facebook or whatever. Reach out. I'm just curious what people's thoughts are on pinball difficulty there. Which kind of leads me into... My next thing that I'd like to talk about, which I've had a lot of people ask me to like review Turtles or review Stranger Things, and I'm trying to think of a good review process. Um, and I don't want to do it exactly like everybody else, where I'm just talking about the arts and the shots and the layout. 
But what I've realized is there's a handful of questions that I'm asking myself of, is this a game that I would want to buy? Is this a game that I think is a good game or a good game to own? And the one thing I haven't quite decided yet is I feel like I almost need to break, I either need to have one category that I address two different markets, or I need to break the review into kind of two different groups. And what I mean by that is, is this a good game for a beginner? Or is this a new a good game for like an expert? And what I mean is I feel like you could have both. Um, so maybe a good example of that is Medieval Madness. Um, Medieval Madness, there are objectives in that game that a non-pinball player can easily understand and enjoy. It doesn't take a brainiac to realize there's a castle in the middle of the play field. I'm going to hit it with a ball and see what happens. And you only have to hit it a few times before physical things start to change, before the drawbridge comes down, before the gate goes up, and then last but not least, you blow up the castle. And that is an incredibly gratifying thing to do. It's very cool to see. It's a great pinball moment. Um, and then on top of that, there's a chance that if they hit what the wizard hole or whatever, like trolls will pop up, very obvious, like hit the troll. Um, they don't care about the depth. They don't care about you know, stacking modes and all those different things. They just see something that they want to hit. Um, yet, from an expert standpoint, there's a lot of depth. There is actually some decent depth to that game. Now, you need to consider the time era that it was made in, you know, compared to the depth of some of the modern games, it's somewhat shallow. But there is, there is stuff to do in that game for an expert as well. And I think that's a good balance. Um Another game, which most people would probably be surprised that I would say, is actually Stranger Things. Stranger Things, they're, what I've noticed when I have my friends or family step up to that game, is they don't care. They don't care about the rules. They don't care about what. They just see a ramp, and they see something behind it. And they're like, what's that? And I'm like, well, hit those drop targets. Hit it again. Just basically, just keep hitting that, and you're going to see that ramp's going to come down, and then you're going to have a shot to hit them in the mouth. And that to them, like, that's awesome. They are all about it, you know, and, and they don't care. They don't care about the depth in that game. But yet, as, as a more experienced player like myself, there's 12 modes in the game. There's there's multiple mini wizard modes. There's, you know, there's so much to see. And, there, and, I, have, and I am far from seeing it all. And um, it's a great game in that sense where there's stuff for the new the newbie and the beginner. So I'm trying to think of a good term or a good way to categorize that. So I'd love some feedback on this. How do I how do I describe this category? Because in my mind, it's actually a very important category for me, a person with a smaller collection on whether or not I'd buy that pin. I mean, of course, I'm taking into consideration the artwork and the theme and the animations and the music and the shots and does it feel good and does it have pinball moments and all those things. But to me, I want to have a game that's a good balance for beginner and expert like myself, if I can consider myself an expert. Um, so like turtles, what I like about turtles is the pizza multiball. That's something that I can easily tell. Like my wife came down to play the other day and I said, hit under the van three times and something cool will happen. Simple, easy objective, something to tell her to do. And she did it. And she, I mean, it was that, that was plenty. That was plenty. That was plenty enough for her to enjoy the game. Um, and then I think like TNA, believe it or not, is also a good example of this because for the beginner, 
you can focus on locking a wall, the light show, you can focus on destroying a reactor. Things are easily communicated on what you need to do next. So I think that game is a good beginner game to like illustrate or communicate what needs to happen. Plus people love the music. Like I don't think you necessarily have to have a bash toy to, to, to make that an enjoyable experience for a beginner. Um, so just curious what people's thoughts are there because I'd love to kind of lock down a more structured way that I could review games that way I could kind of go back and review some of the games that I've owned um, and just explain my thoughts there. Um, what else do we have? Avengers. So I've been watching a lot of Avengers streams. And one question that I keep getting when I stream pinball and people ask me my thoughts on Avengers is they always ask me about the animations. What's your thoughts on the animations? And my first question would be, well, what options did they have? Because if we really think about this, option number one is you do movie clips. But this whole game isn't based off of the Avengers movies. This is based off the Avengers comic books. So they don't have movie clips. They don't have movie clips to draw from unless there is some sort of Avengers cartoon show or maybe some Avengers like straight to DVD movie that they made in the last few years. I mean, maybe they have hand-drawn animation clips they could have grabbed. I just don't know. I don't know if there is that actual content out there. So they don't have options for movie clips. Option number two would be kind of what they've done for the last few games where they're, they 3D animate their own assets. And I'll tell you right now, I think we're all happy they didn't do that. Not knocking what they have done in the last few games. The 3D animations in Turtles I actually enjoy. But is there any way that they're going to animate Thor or Hulk or Captain America like a person? Is there any way they're going to animate them in a way that we're going to love? I doubt it. So that's not an option. So they went comic book themed. They went art themed for the play field and the rest of the art package. So it doesn't surprise me that they went comic book art or art themed for the animations. Now, these animations are very um, simple, if that makes sense. You know, you have a still and then it's like, oh, it punched that guy. So you have like two frames that kind of show the progression. Um, my only issue with them is they're not consistent uh, and what I mean is you can see there are certain um, images that you can tell were drawn by a different artist than others. And so Thor looks different in one than another. And some people are like, well, why why couldn't we get Zombie Eddie to draw that? Like, are you kidding me? The number of things that he would have to draw for an actual animation package is insane. He did Turtles and Avengers all in the last year. If he was given, hey, you have to draw all the anim- like all of these graphics that we're going to use on on the LCD screen, I mean, he would need years to do that. There's no way. There's no way that that's, a, that's a, even a potential option. So that's been my main thing is I just don't know what options they had. And when I look at the options they had, I think they picked the best one. With that said, is it a good option? I To me, it's okay. It doesn't, like, it's kind of a... C plus kind of thing. It's fine. It doesn't, no bit of me is excited to watch that LCD screen, but at the same time, it's not horrific. Like get that off the screen kind of thing. It doesn't offend me, but it also doesn't captivate me in any way. Um, and 
that's okay because as a player, it's rare that I look at the LCD screen. And when I do look at the LCD screen, I'm looking at it for information. I'm really not looking at it to be entertained. Um, so I don't know. I, that's kind of my, my view on the animations. Um, so leading to my next topic, um, TMNT animations. Uh, there are two guys that have done something amazing for Turtles. And those two guys are um, David Vaney. I really feel so bad. I really do not want to be butchering his name. And you probably hear me clicking in the background because this is how professional podcasts record things on the fly without editing. But yes, Davy Vandy. Davy Vandy and Delt31. Those two guys combined with their powers combined they made something absolutely amazing which is they call it and you can find it on pinside search tmnt stern the 1987 code and what davy did is he took every animation that stern made looked at what the animation was so they're like all right this is the turtles fighting um shredder you know whatever in the technodrome and he like looked through the original TV shows and found clips and scenes where it's like, well, here's the turtles fighting Shredder in a Technodrome. And he took those and replaced it. And he replaced every single animated asset in the game with clips from the original TV show. Every single one of them. Well, every one except for the very final wizard mode, because he just he said it would it was hard to find anything that would match, and if you make it that far, good for you. <laughs> that was kind of his thought, which is incredible. It's incredible the labor of love and the amount of hours. He said it's like over two hundred something clips, but he went through and painstakingly replaced every single one of them. First off, my initial instinct was that's amazing. Second, though, I feel bad for Stern a little bit. I don't have any. I don't have any complaints with the animations they made. They were good. I don't think they're, they didn't knock my socks off, but they were good. But if you're going to give me the option to replace those with the original, authentic cartoon animations that I grew up on, that's a no-brainer. Of course I'm going to replace those. Then this code went one step further, well, where Delt31 replaced every single music asset in the game with music that we know that's turtle related so he really he replaced it with with songs from the arcade games from the snes games the nes games he replaced it like the go ninja go ninja go rap from one of the movies here that's in there he replaced it there's two or two or three other songs that are from the turtles movies so these are all songs that and then he replaced the actual main Turtles theme with the real Turtles theme, not the Nickelodeon approved one. But I remember the first time I played with his code, because he had originally made his, it was separate, it was just the music. Every single mode that I got into, every single thing, it brought a smile to my face, because immediately you hear the sounds that it's like, oh my goodness, this is this is the battle scene of when I was fighting uh, Bebop. In the arcade game that you know the very first level like i've i've heard this fight battle you know music so many times in my life that as soon as that pops up during the bebop and rocksteady mode it's like i know this like i it, it just huge smile to my face and it was incredible and then now for 
Davey Vandy to go one step further and replace all the art assets. As a huge collector's fan, I can't think of a better mod or a better thing that could be done for this game. It is insanely good. And what's been really cool is there are other people in the forum that are like, how can we make this better? You know, um, is there a way that we can make these clips even cleaner because the way he ripped them and like downsampled them, they're like, we can make this better. Or if we find clips that may fit it better, can we send those to you? And so there's almost this community growing where I have full confidence that the more that every time this code changes, there's a chance that we as a community could continue to improve this code the and and i just it's incredible so i would say any of the listeners out there that have a turtles pro premium or le search tmnt stern the 1987 code and what you're going to end up having to do is reach out to delt and he'll send you a link if you want the combined one that has both music and animations if you love the music that's already in there that's fine davy vandy has his own version which is just the art or if you want just the music, you can email Delt and he'll send you just the music. And it, that's what's awesome. So Pinball Browser, once again, has, has given us collectors some really cool tools to take a game to a whole nother level. And I know Delt31 also did a Jurassic Park sound package for the last Jurassic Park of, of bringing in those assets from the movie. I know there's a guy... Cleland that has done some amazing sound packages for like Guardians of the Galaxy and some other ones out there. And it's, I don't know, it's just a really, really cool thing. So to me, I already love the way Turtles looks with the artwork. I love the way it shoots. I'm really enjoying the code. I love the light shows. And then now the one of the main complaints that I had, and it wasn't even that big of a complaint, which was the animations. Now the animations are, are replaced with original art graphics from the show that I grew up on and loved and then the music I had zero complaints with the music but the fact that that's now been replaced with music that I recognize it it just it's an amazing mod I'm I cannot uh two thumbs way way up from me so I don't have a good transition to this one but one thing I wrote down is so okay maybe here's my transition with with turtles like i just said the animations there there are clips that i see them start and i want to watch that animation and i think um turtles does a really good job that when you finish modes it'll hold the ball it'll pause the gameplay to like let the light show finish and let an animation play and to look up and see these original animations, it brings a smile to my face. And then on top of that, different modes, the music changes in such a way, and they're all songs that I recognize from older games, that like those draw me in and bring a smile to my face. Or like get my head, you know, bopping up and down and whatnot. And it really what I really realized is the importance of animations and music and, and what how much I enjoy a game. Um great example of that is TNA. I know you guys are probably sick of me talking about TNA, but TNA, the music, every single time it changes reactor, it changes song, and the songs are so good, and it just, that music continues to drive me in the game. Now, the LCD animations, there's, you know, when Scott originally designed the game, there was no LCD screen. It was the scores on the back box. It wasn't needed, and to be honest, I still don't think it's really even needed. The animations, there's really nothing there that you ever need to look at besides just some information and that's i'm not trying to criticize it in a huge way but it's just it's just that's not i would never give um the animations not that they're bad they're just they're almost not even necessary but um the music is a huge factor in that game 
And so that is the one thing that I think I've found with Avengers that I'm not um, not in love with, not impressed by, really. Um, and I know I just talked about the Avengers animations, and I think they went with the best thing they could. But what I will say is because of the way they're animated, there's nothing about it that would make me want to watch the screen. There are no moments that make me want to look up and watch the screen to see something cool happen on the screen. And I'm not trying to, there's plenty of other podcasters that are gushing over this machine. And don't get me wrong, I think Avengers is going to be a blast to play and a blast to own. And for competitive players out there, I mean, you look at Keith and the games that he's made, he makes amazing shooting games with complex rules that give you so many options and, and this amazing different paths slash journeys that you can go through, so many different ways to blow up a game. The complexity of his games are incredible. But what I what I wrote down in my notes here is pinball moments, like moments to stop and wow me. And what I mean is when I look at Keith Owen games, what are those moments that I that I stop and look at what's going on? And the only thing I could think, I couldn't really think of anything in Iron Maiden. Now, I've never owned Iron Maiden, but just watching streams and playing it, there's nothing, it's not like there's any animations or movie clips or even toys or anything on the game that really makes you stop and watch what's going on. Um, so Medieval Madness, stop and watch blowing the ca- you know blowing up the castle. Uh, Turtle Multiball, stopping and watching the balls get on that disc and spin around. Um, there's just... There's, I'm not seeing anything. Jurassic Park had the T-Rex grabbing the ball. That is something that is absolutely a good pinball moment. Um, but I've never owned J- Jurassic Park, so I, I just don't I don't know of any personally. But I, by all means, please feel free to email me and defend that if there are some um, that draw you in. And maybe just hitting the start button and hearing that song at the beginning is a pinball moment. That That's great. It draws you into that world. Cool. But Avengers... You know, the music is very, like, orchestrative. And there's plenty of good, like, orchestra-type music out there that really people love. I mean, think of, think of like, Lord of the Rings. The, the Lord of the Rings soundtrack from start to finish is amazing. And people know that music and love that music. Or even Harry Potter has a good, like, orchestrative score. Or even, you know, the Avengers movies, the Avengers theme is orchestrative and everybody knows that and recognizes that theme, but, but none of that's used and, and, and that's fine. But just because we have well-made orchestrative songs doesn't mean it really adds anything to the game. Um, because we don't know them, we don't recognize them. So we just, we have this orchestrative music in the background. It's not bad. It's not like you want to turn down the game, but none of it, it's not like one kicks in and you're like, oh, I know this song or, oh, this draws me into this or gives me this memory or brings me into this moment. It's just kind of background noise. And, and so the music doesn't, um, I don't know. I just, I can't count that as something that I, that pulls me into that game. And then when you look at the animations, once again, I'm not seeing anything. Even when you defeat one of the Black Order, it's it's just so quick. It's just a few frames of like, I don't know, a little bit of reaction. And then the, the, the character kind of thing just like moves. It doesn't, I don't know. There's just nothing there to like want to see on screen over and over again. And, and that to me is, it kind of made me realize 
how important in my mind music and animations actually are in a pinball machine to really keep you in invested or drawn into that and um I think a key is the stopping, like making somebody stop and enjoy that moment. So a solid pinball moment, like when you destroy the castle in Medieval Madness, it's not like the balls are still going around, or at least the first time, uh, like if you do it in a multi-ball, they would be, but that ball is being held and it makes you watch the, the thing explode and it makes you watch it on the back box. Look at Sparky in Metallica. Um, when you start that multi-ball, it stops everything and you're watching it and you're seeing it in the back box. Like there are cool... Most multi-ball starts have that, but um, some of the newer games, when you complete modes, it has pinball moments. And even the latest turtles, when you start or complete like one, two, three foot, or when you complete um, any of the multi-balls or when you complete any of the modes, like it stops your ball and it makes you watch this animation, but it, it kind of gives you a sense of satisfaction. And and the probably the best pinball moment that I have personally experienced is on the Hobbit. Um, not only is, does the Hobbit have incredible music and incredible videos, every single wizard mode, it just, it, it is unbelievable. I mean, everybody knows this, everybody, there are plenty of people that poo poo on the Hobbit, but I don't think anybody can argue that it's probably the best theme integrated game or like has the best, um, I don't know, like cinematic experience with the game between the video and the music. Um, it's kind of set the bar there. But um, Smog Multiball, you can get to a point where you can kill him or you can defeat Smog. And not only is the game and how the game's changing and the light show's changing as you get further and further into it, but when you hit that final shot and you, with that upper right flipper, hit that one drop target that's exposed, not only does it kill the flippers, but it like kills the light show in a way that you're immediately drawn to the screen and you see this arrow go off and you see it hit smog and there's there's this amazing screen like clip and then amazing light show and it just it's an amazing moment that I don't think could ever get old to be honest not only is it hard I don't think people are going to do it every single time they play but it, um it's great and even if you look at some of the other modern games um you know like um hot hot wheels hot wheels has this red line mania and it kills the flippers and it revs the game and it just it creates buildup it creates tension and it's a it's a cool moment of something to get excited about and what i just saw on stream and maybe this is something that will be coded in but when you get to the first uh kind of mini wizard mode in avengers where you collect all the avengers and then you play it's a very cool mode where you're limited on the number of flips that you have um what I, what I will say is when you run out of flips, I literally just watched Jack Danger do this. When you run out of flips, it's just over. There's no, there's no, there's nothing. It's just over, but the ball continues. You would think the flippers would die. In my opinion, killing the flippers is a really easy way to create a pinball moment because it feels weird. One, um, but two, it's also very clear, like, whatever you just did, ended. So I absolutely, maybe they're going to code that in. But I would say right now, I absolutely feel when you get in that wizard mode and you have this endless ball time. So it's that that wizard mode, you're, you start with like 40 flips. And every single time you hit a shot, you get eight new flips. And if you drain 
it's fine. It kicks out another ball, but you lose five of your flips. And you either hit all the shots within the allocated number of flips or you don't. But what my surprise was, if you don't, you're just expected to hold the ball and it just picks right up. Like there, it doesn't drain the ball and then kick out a new one. Like, all right, we did that. Here you go. Here's like, it should, in my mind, like that should be a moment. That should be a moment when you win and that should, or that should be a moment when you lose. Like in my mind, if you win the very last shot, as soon as you hit that shot, you know, the flipper should go dead and there should be an awesome light show and like make that mini wizard mode a moment. Um, so just kind of my thoughts there. And, and I feel like those moments, even, even if it's a small moment, like, um, my wife, when she first played, uh, Adam's family, the two things she played it, I was talking to somebody when we we're at a friend's house and she played it on her own and she came back to me and she's like, is there magnets in this game? Because she did not realize when that ball came down and the, the power was on and that ball started going one way or the other, like it just blew her mind. She just thought she was seeing things, but it also like, that's a moment, like a cool mode. And that didn't stop anything, but it, it was, it was like a blatantly obvious, like cool thing. And then the same thing with the hand came out and picked up the ball. Like those are mechanical moments, but that kind of led me to a question, which is like my parents, I would, I, I'm trying to, I would love to talk my parents into owning a machine, owning a pinball machine. And one of the guys that had actually emailed into me, he said he has a larger collection, but he has one machine at his parents and one machine at, I think he said his in-laws or something. And the idea is, you know, well, if there's family get togethers, he still has a chance to play pinball or like enjoy that while he's there, uh, which I think is awesome. So I would love for my parents to own a machine, but it's hard to talk somebody into buying a pinball machine if they're not super invested in the hobby. And so I, this was an interesting question that I had, which is if you were going to pick one machine to like hook somebody on pinball, like I want you to own this game for a month. Like it may be rented. It's like, I'm going to pay for you to rent this game for a month. And after a month, you're either going to know you love pinball or you're going to be like, ah, that was neat. So there's some pressure there that it would be like, what's a machine of any machine? And maybe it really depends on your demographic. Maybe you have friends that would really dive in and want deep, deep rules. Maybe you have other ones that to me, it's like, I need... I want a machine. It kind of leads me back to that conversation we were having earlier of, of the uh, rating scale that like, give me a machine that, that has some really awesome, easy to obtain, obtain moments or cool things to do for a beginner. And maybe they can do those a bunch of times and then realize, well, now that I've done those, how do I go deeper? How do I, how do I see more? What else is there to this game? And I don't know. I don't know that answer. I don't know if if you go with one of the big three, you know, like Medieval Madness, uh, Attack from Mars, Monster Bash. You know, there's a reason those are rated so high. Or you go with something like a Metallica where there's so many different multi-balls that there's so many different things they could see there. Or maybe you do something more modern like a Modern Stern or a JJP where I would just be very curious if you dropped off a Wonka though at somebody's house that doesn't know pinball to me i feel like that would be way like i can't be there and explain and hold their hand every single time they play like i need to trust that i can drop this off and they're gonna kind of figure this out 
And maybe they'll ask you like, hey, I was playing this again last night. I did this. Now what do I need to shoot for? I, I don't know. But it just kind of leads me to that question. If, you, if you're going to drop off one machine at a friend or family member's house and they were going to have it for a month, let's say, what would be the machine you'd pick to try to hook them on pinball, like to really grab their attention? And once I, I think there's probably some answers where it's like, well, you know, my dad loved 8-Ball Deluxe and has fond memories of playing in college. So, of course, I'd put that there. Like, sure. Okay, that's a good answer. But I'm I'm trying to think of more of a just a generic no strings attached kind of thing. What 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 do you feel is a really good machine that you could that that would change people's views on this hobby or potentially get people in this hobby? So, just an interesting uh thought or question there. Um and then the last thing, I don't have this has been a different episode. I'm looking at my notes compared to last week and last week was all just like news items. Boom 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 boom. And and over the last week I've just had some more thoughts here. But what I will say is now that Avengers has been revealed and streamed, I'm still excited to play it, but I'm not in a position to own it. So I'm looking ahead and it's like, what am I excited for? Um, of course, I'm looking forward to JJP. I'm looking forward to release. I'm assuming it's Guns N' Roses just because they do make really cool machines. Um, absolutely really, really cool machines. But is that a theme that I'm clamoring for no do i know it's going to be priced out of anything that i can afford at the moment yes so it's just it's nothing on my immediate radar but what i will say and i almost feel weird i don't know like supporting it but what i would say i am really 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 looking forward to and it's happening in just a few days is deep roots reveal and I know Deep Root has talked some mad, huge talk over the last few years, and they have yet to really deliver anything. And so this buildup that they've created is is just that. It's this huge buildup. And I think they have a greater potential to disappoint than they do wow at this point just because of how big this buildup is. But what I am finding is personally, I do realize like there is a chance that they could reveal something that could be really, really neat. And when you look at the pinball industry and you look at like when JJP came out, what they showed was nothing like anything we had ever seen before. And because of that, look at the other manufacturers and how they've had to step up their game like to to be better. And so I am just very curious, and, and I've heard other podcasters say this, that they're not particularly interested in Raza, but they, they care more about the package. What is the deep root package? You know, what's the video going to look like? What's the screen going to look like? Is the cabinet going to be redesigned? Are there mechanical things that are different? Are there, like, what are the technical things in the background? How's it going to be running? What system does it run on? I mean, those are the things that it's like, are there going to be blatantly obvious like, well, shoot, why don't other people do it that way? Or that makes way more sense. Why is a pin pinball machine not built that way? Or why why isn't that physical object or, I don't know, way that the play field comes in and out or latches? Like, why aren't those standard across all machines at all? I don't know. But to me, those that's something that I feel like there's a chance. And maybe I'm giving them too much credit or maybe I'm not giving them enough credit. But there's a chance that they may unveil some form of technology that is a game changer, like a legit game changer in this industry. There's a chance. And, and because of that, I'm looking forward to it. 
um, now with all the stuff that they say where they're going to produce more pinball machines in a year than all the other manufacturers combined. Those are the statements that it's just like, I don't understand how you can back that up. I just don't. And if they find a way, that'll blow my mind. But until I see that or even see the potential of that, I just feel like it's it's a false statement. But um, I don't know. I am excited. I would say I'm very excited for that, that reveal, just to see what Deep Root's all about, what this technology is about. And, you know, like any other collector out there, even even when you just buy it, recently buy a pinball machine, you're already starting to save or think ahead of, well, what about the next one? What's the next one? And I don't know, to me, maybe the next one is buying an older machine. Maybe it's buying Hobbit back because I miss it and I loved Hobbit. Maybe it's buying um, a new Stern or maybe it's buying a JJ, uh, a um, Deep Root game. Maybe those games really blow my mind and I want that that new technology or the new experience that you can't get anywhere else. I don't know, but I'm, I'm, I'm curious and I'm keeping an open mind there. Um, so yeah, that's all I've got for now. Um, I'd say like always feel free to find me on Facebook at just another pinball. Um, I'm on Facebook there or email me if there's anything I've asked a lot of questions today. I'd love to hear some of your thoughts and opinions. So feel free to email me at just another pinball at gmail.com. Uh, I need to thank TWIP. Once again, TWIP has their promoters database. I've mentioned that. Feel free to leave me a review. But the people that are on there, there was a, there was an opportunity to, to kind of uh, sign up for where a, a group where he's actually supporting us. He's actually throwing us a few dollars every month based on the stuff we're making. And it's incredible. I, I really appreciate uh, Jeff for not only supporting this hobby with the content that he's throwing out there in the news and the articles, but also the fact that he's supporting us, you know, these other creators out there is just incredible. Um, so I, I can't, I can't thank Jeff enough for that. So, um, uh, I would say that's about it. Once again, trying to keep under an hour here. Hopefully that was enjoyable to listen to. Hopefully made you think a little bit and, um, I'd love to talk to some of you guys and hear your thoughts on some of these things I've thrown out there, but I appreciate the listen. I appreciate the support and, um, uh, hopefully you guys will hear from me very, very soon. Thanks. Bye.